Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Luke chapter 22. We'll start in verse 39 and go to verse 53. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away, about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples, and Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And one of them struck at the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him. Am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day, but this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. Jesus has just had a wonderful and meaningful and emotional final meal, Passover meal, with his followers. A meal that we often refer to as the Lord's Supper. And now he went back to the Mount of Olives, as he did. Um, every night he was staying at the Mount of Olives, and he'd go into Jerusalem, about three-quarters of a mile away, for um, temple activities and just hanging out with the crowds and teaching and doing stuff. Well, Jesus makes the 15-minute walk, roughly, between the upper room where they were eating to the Mount of Olives with his followers. And he knows what's coming. The betrayal, the arrest, the beatings, the abandonment, the mockings, the death. He knows what's coming, and it's not going to be just a death, as painful as a crucifixion is, it goes even beyond that. You see, Jesus knew that he was he was going to enter a place where evil could take its best shot at him without any restraint. He knew he was entering into a time of God-forsakenness. And I think it's important to remember that Jesus is fully divine. He is the divine Son of God. God exists as one. There is one God, and yet three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, together unified like a little family on mission together, the dance of the triune God. Well, that oneness, that unity, that closeness, 
was going to experience great pain because God the Son was about to enter into a God-forsakenness from his Father because of what he was about to go through on the cross, taking our sin, taking our punishment, taking our place. And Jesus recognized the pain that he was about to experience. And so he asked his followers to come with him and pray with him and keep watch. And yet they continued to fall asleep. And so Jesus is alone. He's alone in his prayers, and he knows that he is going to go alone to the cross. This is something that he is acutely aware of. He is going alone. And his followers, in his last moments with them, are sleeping. Now, it's been a big meal. They've had a lot of emotional talk. It's late, and yet they sleep. And Jesus is praying a prayer that I find so inspirational. He says, Father, God, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. In other words, God, Father, is there another way? Could we do this another way? What do you think? (laughs) Here we see the humanness of Jesus. Though Jesus is fully divine, he's also fully human. And he's going alone into despair, into darkness, into evil, into immense suffering, into God-forsakenness. And so he is praying with great intensity, sweating as blood. And yet Jesus, even though He clearly would prefer another way. He knows that this is God's way. And Jesus submits to the Father. He submits to God's plan. As uncomfortable and as painful as it is, as lonely as it is, as terrifying as it is, he says, yet not my will, but your will. I want your will to be done, not mine. What a mantra to have. What an incredible mantra to say, God, today, here's what's before me. Is there another way? Yet, I want your will, not mine. What a posture of obedience, a willingness for full sacrifice to say, my life is fully yours. I mean, that's the the life that's spoken about in Scripture when we're reminded that our our lives, our bodies, our, our lives are not our own. We've been bought with a price. Therefore, we're to honor God with our bodies. In other words, uh, we're not our own. Jesus has given his life, his blood, his His all to purchase us, to, to um, adopt us into his family, to free us, to bring us into relationship with him. Therefore, we're to live fully for him. And that's the posture Jesus has. But what I want to just point out today as we're making our way toward um, the death of Jesus and then the resurrection of Jesus, here in this moment, this is the anticipation of incredible suffering. And Jesus in that moment is alone. And I ask myself, where am I in the story? 
I'd like to think that I'm saying things like, God, not my will, but your will be done. But in reality, I think I relate better to the disciples, the followers sleeping and not being there and not being ready and not being prepared. And, um, and then when things <laughs> blow up, I try to power up and make a mess of things like the disciples with the sword. And Jesus says, no, you're going the wrong way. I'm not calling for violence. You know, I was at a uh, monastery. And at this monastery, the monastery was called the Abbey of Gethsemane in uh, Kentucky, a Catholic monastery. And they have wonderful trails. And it was like a silent retreat, a silent retreat. And I went up into the hills to pray, to talk to God. And there in the hills, there was like a sculpture. There were sculptures uh, all over the place in the hillside. And you would just sometimes kind of walk upon one and find it. And it was kind of a moment to stop and pray and just to reflect and think about that artwork and what it meant. Well, one time I walked up on this enormous sculpture, an enormous sculpture of, um, I believe it was three men sleeping, crouched, huddled together. And I was like, what is this sculpture about? And I looked over, and about a stone's throw away was a massive statue of a man kneeling with his head uh, lifted up toward heaven, and his hands in his face, so you could not even see his face, and looking like he's in agony, praying. And it was a statue of Jesus. And it was a statue of this moment, this story. And I remember feeling there how utterly alone Jesus was and how the followers of Jesus were sleeping when their Lord needed them most. And it just overwhelmed me in that moment to be reminded of how much Jesus loves me and how much Jesus loves you. That he went alone. He went alone into the darkness and sorrow and terror. And he carried our fate and our sin and our rebellion to the other side and bought our freedom and gave us life. And so today, um, let's wake up to the love of God for us, for our world. And let's join Jesus in the prayer that says, I want your will to be done, God, not mine. Therefore, lead us today. And so what is God saying to you today, and what will be your response? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the great lengths you went to, to call us friend. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for all that you did. Awaken us today to your love. 
not only for us, but for the world around us. And may we join you in prayer that God's will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And that God's will will be accomplished and not ours. And so lead us today. Thank you again. May we enter into Good Friday and remembering your death and Easter uh, remembering your uh, resurrection. May we go into it reminded of your great love that drove you to give your all. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.